Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Ruth Landy Schumann. She has a fascinating organization in the U.S. out of New York called Public Color. And we get into a whole lot around our inner artist. We talk about that. We talk about painting and we talk about colors and how uh, this actually becomes a, a catalyst for change. It becomes a launching point, an opportunity for empowerment with young uh, students who, who might be marginalized in a variety of different ways, who might be at risk. And, you know, after the re- recording button had been hit and, and, and we were no longer really in the, the, the face-to-face-like conversation, Ruth talked about the educational disparity and the gap in, in the U.S., and she really wanted me to, to talk about that. And, and, and she, she, she talked about, and, and it comes out in the interview for sure, that that, that there is a, uh, a disproportionate disregard for the quality of education in some communities in the U.S. And, and so that comes out in, in the interview, and you're going to want to look uh, up their website, publiccolor.org, P-U-B-L-I-C-O-L-O-R.org. Check it out. It's a, it's a school program that's, that is to, doing its best to push back against this, this, um, hmm, these, these uninteresting uh, pieces of architecture called schools, called hospitals, prisons. They're, they're very connected in a way. They're, they're almost designed with discipline and punishment in mind. And Ruth's organization is to, to tackle that and to go in and to basically paint the walls and paint the floors with vibrant colors. As she says, you stimulate the eye, you stimulate the brain. This is about moods and attitudes and, and behaviors. You're going to hear about Ruth's passion for color. You're going to hear about the psychological effects of color. And as I said earlier, this idea of, of creativity and change through our inner art artists. So stay tuned. Coming right up, Ruth Landy Schumann and Public Color, a fascinating conversation. And also davidpecklive.com for more information about my 
writing, my public speaking. You can order a copy of my book, Real Change is Incremental, there. And uh, don't forget, too, uh, face-to-facelive.ca. So many more interviews there. Uh, dig deep. We've got over 450. Share, share it with your friends. Uh, if you can support the work we're doing, uh, I would appreciate it. You can do that as low as a dollar a month through patreon.com. And if you can't get behind us financially, which I totally understand, would love it if you could leave a review for us on iTunes or Spotify. And again, uh, sign up for our newsletter. Share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate it as we, as we do our best to grow this community. And if you're interested in, in advertising on Face to Face, you can certainly do that. And we've got some really cool and creative packages uh, available for people out there who, who want to come alongside us in that way and benefit from uh, the growing audience that we have here. And don't forget rabble.ca as well. I'm uh, hosted there. News for the rest of us, uh, other journalists, other podcasters, other bloggers, check it out. Rabble.ca. Coming right up though, Ruth Landy Schumann talking about her organization, Public Color, and and why um, we talk about Pepto-Bismol pink. You got to stay tuned and, and why choosing the right colors matter. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. We have Ruth Landy Schumann with us to talk about an organization called Public Color and and uh, poverty and and I guess why art and painting matters. Ruth, thanks thanks for joining us uh, today. My pleasure. Thank so, you. So, so why don't we dive right in? You're the you're the founder of this organization. Tell tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about what Public Color is, and I, I think I can sort. I think our listeners can probably assume a little bit from the title, but but maybe you can <laughs> you can give us a little more context. Well, um, Public Color is a youth development program that engages high risk, low income students in their education through um, a whole continuum of programs. Uh, Programs begin, our our, uh, gateway program is um, Paint Club, whereby we're going into low-performing middle and high schools, and we're recruiting the highest-risk students Hmm. in the school to join us in painting all the public spaces of the school. In my research, I discovered that if you affect public space, you affect more people more of the time. And since we were, since I knew I wanted it to be a not-for-profit organization, I wanted to give our funders the biggest bang for the buck. So that's painting public spaces, hallways, stairwells, cafeteria. And, um, when I was getting my master's in uh, industrial design at Pratt, I took some time off, six months, to um, to study the psychological effects of color. Hmm. I have a passion for color. And <laughs> I discovered that color has huge power, hmm. um, power to affect our moods, to affect our attitudes, to affect our behavior. And I had an opportunity... Um, when I was very involved trying to establish the Big Apple Circus, which is a uh, one-ring European-style circus, was. Um, And they had an after-school program teaching kids circus arts. Hmm. I went to a number of schools in East Harlem that had our program, and I couldn't get over how depressing every Hmm. single one of them looked. They looked and felt like prisons. And I thought, there's such a disconnect here between our high expectations 
from teachers and students and these environments of disrespect that we're putting them in. And that's when the light bulb went on and I decided color. If I put a paintbrush in the hands of the school's most disaffected students, I will get them. They'll not only transform their school, but they'll also develop a sense of pride and ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems it's se- showing up. Ruth, it seems to me like it, it works on a variety of levels. So, I mean, you've got the community of, of the creation, the planning of it. You've got the actual work that goes behind it, and then I would imagine there's follow up and 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 friendships that are built, and and then you've got the piece itself as it exists and sort of in perpetuity, or as long I guess as the color right. lasts, I suppose, right? So, well, it's- as long as the custodian will let it stay there, because it's the custodians, unfortunately who often paint over our work. Oh, is that right, eh? So you actually yeah, run up against new. that. Yeah, they, they come in, they're new, they want to impress the principal, um, or, or um, establish themselves as the leader in the right. school. Right, And um, so they'll paint it over. Now, we have a contract with every school whereby they, they can't paint over, um, until three years have passed. So, so, so it's like but it's it's is could, so it's would, protected for three years. Sure, protected for three years. Would you would you almost suggest sort of it's it's like installation art? Is that a way you would describe it? No, no, not at all. Because it's um, what we're doing is it we're. I think what I would say is we're supporting the architecture and we're painting flat planes of color Hmm. as a way to create visual interest, to stimulate the eye, because when you stimulate the eye, you stimulate the brain. And, um, And in some cases... We do do a wall design, um, but that's a minor part of our work. I'm really focused on the power of beautifully chosen color to effect change. So and is this so? You say this is come, comes out of your work, your academic work, uh, um, um, psychological effects of color. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that? I mean, so so there's some truth to this. Like right now, I'm I'm calling you from just outside of Toronto. We've been we've been mm-hmm. in this miserable gray, you know, kind of uh, colorless uh, mm-hmm. uh, introduction into spring, and and it really does feel like it has a significant impact on on the way the way you step into a day. You know, uh, the yeah, there have been there have been a lot of studies on the deprivation of color and the impact that that has on people. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I, I it's been a long time since I did that research. Um, but there's no question when you walk into our office, for instance, people's moods change mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Your your mood is lifted, and there's a sense of energy in here, um, whereas there isn't in an office that's all white or beige or gray. And and by the way, this is just the beginning of our work because right. after we paint a school, 
we then have a whole continuum of programs whereby we're with our students anywhere from well, three days a week minimum for four to six years as we're empowering them to plan and prepare for college and career and life. And then we stay with them while they're in college because we raise money to give everybody a, gap, a scholarship that fills the gap between the real costs of college and the um, financial aid packages we help them access. So, so this is about coming alongside. This is about building capacity, building relationships. This isn't just these. These aren't just one-offs. You don't just step into a school. Oh no, and... no, 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 no. I don't believe in that. Right. I don't think you're going to make no. I mean, you know, when I started Public Color, it's interesting. There were a lot of people, particularly men, which is I found very interesting, who wanted me to do like a lot, like thirty schools a year, and forget about going deep you know, staying with the kids for a long period of time. Um, but I'm interested in making lasting change, and uh, this is how you do it, is staying with the students. And we have now, I don't know, something like 34, 35 full and part-time employees, mm-hmm. and of them, 15 are my alums. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Are you are you across the U.S.? Is is this something? No, 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 no. We're right now. We're only in New York. Eventually, I want to take my summer program, replicate that on various college campuses, and eventually we will replicate Pink Club. We're developing a, a little prototype called Pink Club, Pink Club in a can. Um, that will do, but I think to replicate the whole continuum would be very difficult. To replicate Color Club and Next Steps would be difficult. Difficult to um, to ensure quality. Mm. So you don't you don't you don't see a future vision of of hubs or chapters across the country or maybe even breaking I into I definitely I definitely see I definitely see our summer design studio mm. on a, a bunch of different campuses um, in the in the near future I definitely see that and I definitely see paint club being replicated I would not be at all opposed if anybody who replicated paint club wanted to expand it and replicate our other programs but it you have it's you have to be really really committed and you've got to feel as we do that every child is walking potential and it's mm. our job to help them realize it how how do you go about picking the schools do schools come to you do you do you reach out to to them, I mean, I've I've, I've watched you. Uh, I've watched uh, the, I guess you'd call it the before and after slide presentation mm-hmm. you have on your site, which I encourage all the listeners to go to and check it out. And and I'll I'll make sure the link is in in the bio as well, Ruth. But um, okay. you you really you really do see those those transformations. And they're can I say they're loud colors? They're in your face. They're they're <laughs> yes. they're vibrant. You know, yes. they 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 demand attention, right? Yes, yes, yes. I 
it, I like my colors strong, like my coffee. Right. I don't like. I don't like. I don't, you know. Listen, I'll use um, paler, lower intensity colors, and I I mix. I mean, if you really look closely, you'll see that not all the colors are high intensity colors. That that I have some quiet ones, mm. low intensity ones, and you mix, you have to balance because if it's all high intensity it's a little bit too much but I'll use quieter colors depending on the situation I mean, we painted the pediatric intensive care unit at a hospital here in New York and I used, relatively speaking, quiet colors it was appropriate there but um I think in a school you want to you want to introduce colors that have some energy, mm. and um, energy and that are happy because so many kids walk into school really with a heavy heart. Mm. You know they come. I I can't, I I can't tell you how many kids come from abusive home situations. Poverty presents so many challenges, not the least of which is food insecurity. So they come in, they're hungry. They've just been yelled at by a parent. You know, maybe they've had to walk through a street with gang members. And then they walk into a school that looks like a prison. What do right, you expect right, from right. these kids? You know, well, it's almost you, depre- it's almost depressive in a way, isn't it? It becomes a, yes. it becomes a form of discipline in a way. Yes, 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 punishment. Someone said to me because I and I'm not sure that this is true, but the other day I was saying something about prison design and how. I have a picture from the New York Times here on my desk of a prison in Alabama that's identical to some of our schools. Right. And she said to me, you know that's intentional. And I said, what do you mean it's intentional? Meaning, the, you know, the absence of colors in these prisons. She said, yes. They wanted to design interiors that are punitive. And I thought, God, that is so, forgive me, but it's just so stupid to right. think that way. Right. You know, I mean, if, you, if, if people are, wherever they are, people deserve to be in a space that is respectful, that, that offers hope and inspiration, mm. that is visually attractive. I really believe that visual beauty is food for the soul. Hmm. And the absence of that, what are you doing to these people? You're just making, you're making a bad situation even worse. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. School, school, schools and, and hospitals as well, right? I mean, it seems hospitals, to me... Hospitals, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because... This summer, we're going to be focusing on redesigning hospital spaces hmm. at our summer design studio program, which is a seven-week, five-day-a-week program 
that we deliberately hold on a college campus because I want my students to feel comfortable in a college setting. Almost all would be the first in their family to go to college, and this way they, they really feel that they belong there. And in the, it's a work-study program, and in the, in the mornings, there's nothing like it in the country. In the mornings, the kids are immersed in literacy and math through product design. And then in the afternoons, they go out and they paint under-resourced community facilities like homeless shelters, senior centers, um, uh, health clinics. And this summer, what we're going to be doing is and child, early child care centers. This summer, we've expanded the program so that our seventh graders will be joining us. They're going to come to our office because their parents don't want them traveling too far to the college. And they'll be coming uh, to the office and immersed in product design in the morning, but in the afternoons, they're going to paint small boards, meaning you know two feet, two and a half feet by two feet, um, that I've designed. And uh, some will also be inspired by Annie Albers' designs. We're going to paint those and donate them to various hospitals around the city to place in their patients' rooms. Because we can't go in and paint patients' rooms. We can paint public spaces, um, you know, waiting areas, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that would be be a massive undertaking. Right. But the, the patients' rooms we can't paint. So I thought, why don't we paint these little boards? Because there's not a lot of wall space. And you hang one or two in each room. And it's just a shot of color. and something that's beautiful. And, and I believe that it will really support the healing process. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's definitely, uh, well, definitely, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the research, I don't know the data and so on, but that, I mean, how often can you find yourself saying, wow, that, col- wow, that color is just, it's kind of loud, Right. I mean, we use these types of adjectives to, yeah. to to talk about color, very emotive language, you know, and mm-hmm. isn't isn't the color purple connected to creativity? Um, uh, anyway, uh, well, I, I don't it's actually it's in, in an environment in, in psychological studies. Lavender is actually um, a signal of depression. Oh, is that right? Eh? Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and so I deliberately do not use lavender. I'll, I'll occasionally use a deep purple, which I think is a rich color. Um, but most of my colors tend to have a yellow undertone. And um, I, love, I love yellow as an environmental color. And um, and turquoise and yellow green and I, I think are very beautiful together. 
Do you, do you, um, Ruth, do you consult? Like, yeah. it's so fascinating to me the way you talk so so affectionately about a color. Um, do you, when you uh-huh. when you go into a school, do you do you meet with them as a team and do you say, hey, what what are some of the issues that you're facing, and or, or do you sort of have a sense of what you're going to do before you go in, uh, uh, even seeing seeing the art? Because you mentioned architecture earlier too, and, yeah. and it must have an impact on how you approach, you know. You know, um, what, what was the, what were some of the phrases, mm-hmm. colors that had, oh yeah, high and low intensity colors. Yeah. Like it's just fascinating to me to, to, to think about the actual process that you must go through to pick some of this stuff. Well, you know, first of all, I lo- I, yes, I will go and see the school. And what I do is I always give a workshop at the very beginning before we get started. I give a color workshop to kids who want to be in the paint club. And kids can join the paint club all semester long, but the initial kids who want to join are in this workshop with Mm me. And I teach them something about color as a visual language. And And then I give them many, many, many color chips. And I, I show them what I consider to be a, a harmonious co- I think of color as music. So a harmonious color combination. And, and then another one where I say, you know, these colors are clearly, they have nothing to say to each other or they're having an argument. Right. And, and, and I, then I challenge them and I say, I want you to make as many beautiful combinations of three colors each. And then we're going to vote. And you can vote as often as you want. And we end up voting. And, and the let's say the 8 to 10 most popular combinations are then um, posted on a piece of foam core. And we hold a school-wide vote so that everybody gets to participate. Everybody has a voice. Mm. And this is the beginning of empowerment. And, um, and it was so important for teenagers. And, um, and, and then I take a look at what they've chosen, and I begin to place this color goes here, this color goes there. But we've sort of got it down to a formula now. Right. Because the darker colors we've learned the hard way, the darker colors should go on the doors. <laughs> Interesting. <because laughs> Teenagers open doors with their feet. Uh, of course they do. Yes, I and, open doors with my feet. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so um, therefore, much easier to touch up a darker color, and um, or you don't see as much dirt on the darker colors. So the dark colors go on the doors, the lightest color goes on the walls, and then the middle color goes on um, accents more door frames, whatever. You, you know, it's interesting. You've, you've, you, I mean, it's such a simple um, solution or part of a solution, yeah. you know, attending to poverty, building yeah. community, capacity building. I love how you talk about every student uh, deserve is walking potential and, 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 yeah. and isn't, and it's so, isn't it about context and about environment and about who we rub shoulders with and all those things. And I, I just oh, love, it's interesting. yeah. It's interesting you say that because every Saturday 
corporate and college volunteers paint alongside our students. Mm. And we won the highest award in the country, the President's Service Award, from President Clinton for our work with volunteers in the community. And what's gorgeous about that is we encourage the volunteers to talk about their jobs and the education they need to do their work Mm. as a way to inspire our students, A, to... um, open up many, many, many more job options to our kids to consider, but also to inspire them to stay in school, graduate, and consider college. So that's, and research has shown that those conversations are much more indicative, this is interesting, much more indicative of academic success than than family income. Interesting. Interesting. Those high-level conversations are much more indicative of academic success. Isn't that amazing? Well, it's kind of like and a, today. It's... Today, I went to one of my students' graduations, and it was—I mean, it's so touching. This is a young man who's been with me. He's thirty. He's been with me since he's twelve, and. Grew up in, a, in dire poverty. Um, he entered college probably when he was 18 or 20, but it had to drop out in order to work and then always went back to school, went back, went back. And today he graduated and he plans to go for his MBA and a law degree. It's mm, amazing. I'm so proud of him. I mean, he the, the perseverance. Where does that come from? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think we could say without too much, like without reaching too much, it comes from uh, um, hmm, environments that, that are conducive to building stronger relationships, to, to yeah. asking good questions, right? To, yeah. to yeah. you know, to feel, feeling empowered and creative. And if you're walking into a space that, you know, lacks color, just simply lacks color, you're, yeah. you're starting at a disadvantage. I mean, I think that's a fascinating revelation for, and it makes so much sense. The more, the more we yeah. chat and the more I think about this and the questions I have, it just, it's so simple and yet so, so uh, revelatory at the same time. I mean, w- when you were talking about the, the folks coming in and, and painting alongside, I, it's, it's like, it's a mentorship program of a sort, yes. isn't it? Or, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, then, and then in, and in fact, we do have a mentorship program. We now pair nice. many of these volunteers, but other young people in our network. We pair them with our high school seniors and our college freshmen to be mentors because many, most of my kids are the first in their families to go to college. Right. And so these mentors are there to answer all kinds of questions and to push back at family pressures to drop out and go to work. And um, as a result, last year, let me see, last year, something like 98%, this is incredible, 98% of our students matriculated from their freshman to their sophomore year in college. And that compares to 66% at 
the university colleges mm. around the around the city. Well. And and we we introduced um, a tutoring program, so we offer tutoring now three days a week, and the kids have to come at least once. And as a result of that, eighty nine percent of our students entered college college ready, and that compares to. 25% of a comparison group. And these are these are the students that you've been working with alongside yep. of for an extended period of time. This yep. is the three this yep. is the three the three year program. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is what's yep. so fascinating to me about what you guys do because not only are you you buying in and really working alongside and and investing in, you're also providing an environment for I mean, these are these are schools of I would imagine several hundred and upwards of a thousand students, I oh, yeah. think, right? Yeah. So and yeah. you, and you're providing so I, I I mean, here's a simple question for you. You you it seems to me you must believe in the idea that little things make a big difference. I obviously, yes, I obviously do. <laughs> obviously yeah. do. Get yourself yeah. a paint can, <laughs> pick the right color and a right. paintbrush, and you're off to a good start, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You just said, pick the right color. Mm. I painted, We I designed a school in East New York, which is a rough section of New York, um, many, many years ago, 1997. And I worked with the assistant principal who was there, uh, also the head of their drama department. And she was fabulous to work with, loved working with her. The We did not get to paint the second floor of the school. I can't remember what the reason was. Um, but she very excitedly called me one day and said, Ruth, you've got to come over. We painted the second floor. I picked the colors. You've got to see what we did. And I was excited. I went over, right. and my heart just sank. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing already, but I, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, she painted the walls Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> I mean, it is like the worst color you could choose. I mean, it's something that induces aggression. I mean, it's hmm. just such an awful color. And if I'm not mistaken, the doors were red. I mean, it could not have been more aggressive. And I actually, she said to me, what do you think? And I told her, I said, you're going to have to paint over. I said, watch it. I said, see what happens. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know, it looks pretty, but it's not going to work. You're going to see a lot of aggression in the hallways. That's you know that's it's so fascinating. Like I just, yeah, that's that'd be a great title for something. But maybe that's the book you need to write if if you're you you must be thinking about a book if you haven't already. But aggression in the hallways would be a great title for something. Boy, aggression in the hallways. Yeah. yeah, and it ended up, it ended up that she did she did paint over. She did paint over it. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. why so so we're going to we're going to have to wrap up in a couple minutes here Ruth but fascinating conversation but so so why for her did she see clearly saw something in the the Pepto-Bismol pink that you She loved it. Yeah, she loved it, but you it's, you saw it in a different way. You saw it through a different lens. That's that's really because, interesting to me. Because I know something about the psychological effects mm-hmm. of color. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. And, right. you know, I tell the kids when we're 
putting together combinations. I say, don't think about what's your favorite color or what color do you love to wear. I mean, I'm talking to him wearing a red sweater. I love red. It's my favorite color. But Same. I hardly ever use it in a, oh, in, a interesting? in an environment. Hardly ever. Because it is aggressive. It's aggressive, right? Yeah. So if I use a red, I'll use a red. I, I always say that my colors have rounded corners. <laughs> I'll use a, a, a less aggressive red, like a pinky red. Right. Or, but just a less aggressive. And um, uh, But she, she chose... And I get it. She chose colors that she loved. But that's, that doesn't always work. And, by the way, I remember, and always, I always tell a principal, if there's a color uh, that you don't like, once we've put it up on the wall or on your doors, that you don't like, just call us, we'll come and we'll change it. Mm-hmm. Because people have visceral reactions to color, and I respect that. And if they can't stand a color, it's got to go. <laughs> that's that's so funny, and maybe and maybe a great a great line to to end on. If you if you can't stand the color, <laughs> it's got to go. I love that. That's I I really enjoyed our conversation, Ruth. I I got to say you. that your so your website for people to find out more more information is public or publiccolor.org p-u-b-l-i-c-o-l-o-r that's the American spelling not Canadian uh, .org and uh, check it out online there's uh, some video there there's a lot of information there's a great slide presentation the before and after that's that's worth looking into Ruth really enjoyed our time today so appreciate uh, the work Thank you're you. doing and, and, and your your incremental approach I, I just I, I respect it I value it I think it's essential when when, when talking about uh, empowering others and, and validating others it's it's really really yeah. quite remarkable we've been talking to Ruth Landy Schumann today uh, about the importance of picking the right color and uh, her organization, uh, Public Color. Thank, thanks so much, Ruth, for your time today. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. I enjoyed chatting with you enormously. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.